Yes, it's the place to be for all things franchising. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Now, today's topic is PR. I've got with me, I think, one of the foremost experts in that field in Australia, uh, Monica Rosenfeld. Monica's been running her PR agency, Wordstorm PR, for the last 17 years, since the year 2000. And before that, she's got Gilt Edge's experience. She was a producer on Channel 9's A Current Affair. And uh, <laughs> you've seen Current Affair, so she learned how not to do PR, because there's certainly plenty of good examples of that on that program and similar ones. Monica deals with the media every day. She's certainly passionate about it. She's passionate about educating people in business and how to use media and appreciate media's search for content because they're always looking for it. So that's where you can use it to your advantage. And that's her particular skill set. She's, she's worked with hundreds of businesses over the last 18 years and uh, lots of franchises, names you'll recognize actually, things like Just Cuts, Sumo Salad, House, Warehouse, Jamaica Blue, Muffin Break, and so forth. The list is quite extensive. So she certainly comes with all the background and the knowledge. So this is part of our program at Franchise Simply of bringing you really up-to-date information that's relevant to franchising. You know, Monica is uh, someone we've been asking for a while, managed to get hold of some of her time, and we're actually recording this in the new year in 2018. So just a quick reminder, make sure you've got a pen and paper ready, because I guarantee you'll want to take some notes. And for our members that are listening, this will go into our members' vault, so you'll be able to listen to this at any other time at your leisure, and we'll go, we'll go simply through from there. So, Monica, welcome. Lovely to Thank meet you. you. Lovely to be here on your podcast. Thanks for having me. It's something that's an interesting area, PR, I think. Yes. A lot of us take it for granted. I've got actually, when I started scratching my head and asking a few people, I've got the longest list of questions I've ever had. But we'll get the ball rolling. I've got some priorities. So we run through these. And please feel quite free to add anything beyond the question sure. if you think sure. it's relevant, because our listeners are predominantly people who are either franchisors or thinking about franchising okay. their business. So sure. they're okay. all people who are growing their businesses. Yeah. Um, so just as a kickoff, really, straightforward question, what, what role does PR play in the success of a business, Monica? Well, the role that PR plays in the success of a business is essentially establishing a brand as a credible and trustworthy entity. So the psychology that happens behind when we see a certain brand and a certain face through the media and our external reference on a day-to-day -day basis, it instantly sort of increases the credibility and we look up to that person and put them on a pedestal. So when a brand is consistently in the media, that's exactly what it does. So, as I said, it's about increasing brand awareness, increasing the credibility and trust of the brand, and increases the perception of the brand in a potential consumer's mind. So, particularly if you're a brand new business and no one's ever heard of you, if the media start writing stories about you, consumers are looking at that thinking, wow, they must be doing something right, they must be really good before you might have even launched your business. So that's a really important part that PR plays. Second to that, you can use the media's thirst for content to educate your target audience about what your business and your brand stands for. So unlike other forms of, you know, like advertising, you may buy an ad which costs a lot of money and you're not going to sort of have the opportunity to educate through that ad what you're all about. 
You might use that ad to sort of get familiar people familiar with your logo and tagline. But with media relations, it's about journalists telling the story. In that, there's a lot of room um, for education and getting the messages out there that you want to communicate to your target audience through this amazing platform, being the media. So it's using the third-party endorsement almost of exactly. them telling the story. And not yeah. just third-party, media. <laughs> media of course, is powerful. Yes. <laughs> so it's yeah. not just, you know, so it's like if, you're, if you read, you know, SMH business section religiously because that interests you, the small business writer writes about your business, it's, it's going to be revered and, and put up there on a pedestal simply because that's a media that you have come to trust and really enjoy reading. Absolutely. So bearing in mind our base here, our listeners will be very frequently small franchise groups just starting or fairly young in their journey. So a lot of what you're saying is really pertinent. Of course, the challenges for them is how can I as a small business get some exposure? So we'll touch base on that in in a minute. But I suppose part of that is, what are the different ways that the PR can best be used for the benefit of a franchise business particularly? So with franchise businesses, PR is a really, really good tool because it covers a lot of bases. So when we work with a franchise, we work across three main areas. The first area is really working to publicize the brand itself. So getting stories out there about the brand and everything that it's doing and really putting across the messages that the brand wants to communicate. So then we dive down to the more local level and really assisting the franchisees with their PR. So when we work with a franchise, we have a system whereby the franchisor gives us a schedule of the different franchisees that they would like to give some love to and support to and who, or who might need some help. Or perhaps it's a new franchisee who's launching their business in a specific area. So in that case, we work very closely with the franchisee and their local media quite often. Sometimes it's more on a national scale with them as well, but really assisting them getting some great press in in their local area. And then the third element is looking at the marketing plan of the overall franchise and working in with this. So most franchises have a plan that they're rolling out and we we take a look at what activities they're they're doing and seeing what we can use as media stories. So the reason we love working with franchises is that there are so many stories to tell simply because of the number of businesses um, out there that you can focus on to tell individual stories. So quite often when we work with franchises, we work with them for years (laughs) because it's never ending, you know, and franchises also use PR to get new franchisees on board. So there's a lot of great media targeting potential franchise owners or franchisee owners. So if we communicate the benefits of our particular client that we're working on and why you'd want to be a franchisee with them, that's a very effective way to bring in new franchisees. Right. Okay. Now I'm with, I'm with you there. So that leads me to my next question. How does PR help positively shape consumer perception, particularly where bearing in mind, we've got such a competitive marketplace? Yeah. Okay. So the way we get press for our clients is by coming up with lots of different angles and then pitching those 
angles out to relevant journalists. What journalists are looking for is content that will add value to or engage their audience. So we look at what's going on in our clients' business, package up all their little story angles and feed them to the media in the way we know they need it to turn it into a story for their audience. So some of those angles include things like thought leadership. So setting our client up as the thought leader in their particular industry. So no matter what the industry, whether it's senior care, whether it's ice cream, <laughs> whether it's hair or healthy eating or whatever the franchise might be, one of the angles is to set up the founder, it's usually the founder, as a thought leader in their space. That's just one angle. Another angle we use is, you know, top five tips. So media love to receive bite-sized information. Why? Because that's how their audience quite often likes to consume the information. So we look at our clients and come up with sort of top five tips several times throughout the year and pitch that out and get them established as sort of the expert commentator and again thought leader for this industry then there are lots of other angles like looking at case studies so we have a client home instead senior care and quite often they have fantastic clients themselves who are happy to talk to the media why because they want to help people they're passionate about helping people in the area that they're being helped by home instead so case studies are gold because there's nothing more powerful than someone who feels that their life has been helped and transformed in some way telling that story about how you've done that for them than telling it from the person themselves. It gives a really good human interest angle and just allows people to connect to the emotion of the story, which is why journalists love that kind of angle. And then the angles go on and on, you know, business milestones, if you've won an award, as I said, franchisees opening. So with all these different angles, they are building a really positive perception of your brand because they're setting you up as a thought leader, as the company to go to if you need this kind of thing. They're magnifying your success. You know, if you've won an award, why not share it through the media? <laughs> so this is how consistent press builds up your credibility and increases that brand perception. Right. Well, I think you must have a lot of fun in what you do, Monica. I love it. And the reason I love it is because we are always working with really dynamic, passionate people. Our clients fall into two categories. They're either entrepreneurial-driven businesses or they're not-for-profits. So we are working with people who are, we say, living a dream and sometimes a nightmare. <laughs> solving a problem and improving the life for their client or customer in some way, shape or form. So we're working with people who have their guts in the business who are really, for them, work is not work. For them, work is a per their life's purpose and it's a lovely place to play because we're meeting amazing people all the time and so it's taking their business to the next level, which is great. Yeah, so it's what gets them out of bed in the morning. It's their, their absolute passion, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And that, that's, that's really the only kind of client we want to work with. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> otherwise it's, it's hard work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we all know what it's like working with someone that's really not in the space. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. So I suppose if I were a franchisor, sure. right, how do you recommend I get my franchisees involved in a PR campaign? What's yeah. the best way to do that? Yeah. 
it's really important to get your franchisees on board and the way our clients do this is by educating them and communicating with them about the process. So most franchise businesses have some sort of an annual conference, whether you're just starting or you're well established. There's usually a way that, you know, the franchisors are communicating to the franchisees. So what, what I've often done is attended the conference of a franchisor and given a talk about what PR is, what we're doing, how we're helping them and how they can help us help them. <laughs> so because it's the franchisees quite often who will have the gold. Mm. You know, they will have the perfect case studies that we can put forward. They will have won an award. They will, you know, be working with interesting data or whatever. So we want them to really know what we're looking for in a media story so that we can then serve them by putting it out there. So what um, some of our clients do, besides having you know, me present at their conference, is have an intranet between you know, the whole network. And you know, they quite often, if I say to them, okay, for this month, we're gonna focus on you know, Dementia Awareness Week, so we're looking for a case study that can, is pertinent to that. So they'll put it out on the intranet to their franchisee network and their franchisees have the opportunity to come forward with uh, case studies or information or putting their hand up to be involved in the story. But it is vital to get the franchisees involved because, as I said, they're the ones with the stories and one of the benefits, I mean, they're paying a marketing levy and this is showing them that's how you want a really good way that you're spending it besides all the other marketing. That's a good point. I mean, I think, is it right that the thing we're almost terrified of most in the world is public speaking? So a lot of yeah. people are shrinking violets. I mean, how do you get a typical franchisee who's thinking, I don't want to be in front of the camera, yeah. you know, they freeze. How do you actually, how do you sort of calm them and get them into the right sort of mindset? Yeah. I mean, we do quite a lot of media training at WordStorm. So, and what we do is we really help them. Firstly, we, we talk through the key messages with them. So these are the key messages you want to communicate during the interview. And a business should know their key messages like the back of their hand. I should be able to wake up a client from a deep slumber at 3 a.m., <laughs> and say, what are your key messages? And they should be able to reel them off like, you know, half asleep. <laughs> That's how well a business needs to know their key messages. Not just for media, but for anyone. You know, a dinner party, what do you do? Well, bang, 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 three key messages. So we would really make sure that the potential interviewee is very comfortable and knows those key messages. And then we'll do a little bit of role play with them about the different questions that can be asked. With our media training sessions, we bring in an ex-ABC news reporter with his camera and we do a lot of role-playing critiquing that way. And, you know, clients leave that session just feeling really confident mm. and really knowledgeable about what the media are looking for from them. But not just that, things that they didn't realise that they could do. Like, you don't have to answer a question straight away. You can say, give me a moment, I'll think about this and come back to you in a couple of minutes or, you know... You can do things like that and, and people do it all the time, but people think that 
when they're talking to a journalist, it's like talking to a policeman or something. <laughs> you know, they're, they're intimidated, they're overwhelmed, and they think if I don't just answer everything perfectly, then I'm going to get, you know, shot or something. So that, yeah. that's not the case. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but to be honest, if there's a choice of a franchisee who was scared and, you know, timid or one who loved to talk and could talk a leg off a donkey, so to speak, I would prefer to use that person because they're going to make better talent. And if you give a good interview, there's a good chance the journalist will remember you for next time. Mm. Whereas if you sort of answer yes and no questions and don't give them much, they'll probably put you on the list of <laughs> who not to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone can be trained to talk to the media and then it's just a matter of practice and confidence. Yeah. Yeah. So how can media relations fit into social media, digital marketing strategies, all that sort of thing? Sure, I mean, this, is, sure. this is For a lot of businesses, this is their core yes. area of marketing yes. these yes. days, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. So digital marketing is really important for all businesses. So talking about sort of different social media platforms, some are more relevant than others depending on the business. Then you've got your sort of SEO strategy, so your, and AdWords, you might be doing that as well. And PR fits beautifully into that mix in a couple of ways. Firstly, with search engine organics. When you get a backlink to your web page from a high page ranking site like a news.com.au or you know, any, any news site, that will instantly lift your rankings because it correlates the two. Google correlates the two and thinks, okay, there was a backlink there that's a very, very, very populated site. So we'll take this ranking from number 40 and move it up to whatever, you know, a much higher number. That's how sort of PR helps your SEO. In terms of your other digital marketing strategies, it works hand in hand. So when you get a media article, you will pump that through your social media channels to magnify your message and give that credibility. So you're essentially using your platforms to magnify your credibility that you've had from your media story. Because again, it's far more credible for the story to come from a, a journalist in a, in a reputable or not so reputable, whatever the case might be, media outlet, than for you to be saying, oh, we're a fantastic business, you know, this, that and the other. So yeah, we, we find that, that they really work hand in hand. And a lot of people have asked me over the years, you know, what's happening to media? You know, no one's interested in newspapers and things anymore. And I just say that's not true. The way we are consuming media has changed, but our addiction to consuming the media has not. We're mm. just consuming media in different areas. So instead of possibly buying the newspaper from the newsagent, we're still reading it. We're just reading it online. And a whole lot of other media opportunities have opened up because of the online space. Yeah, it is. It's a hugely broad space, isn't it? It's quite, yeah, quite, quite scary looking at yeah. where you go because you can invest a lot of money. And uh, it's changing so rapidly. And I, I guess that's where you guys have your finger on the pulse. So I suppose the point I'll come back to, one of the things with PR is, how do you actually measure the results? I mean, yeah. can, you, can you just say, with an advert, if you tailor it, you can, you can perhaps charge your sales because people ask yeah. for a particular article yeah. Yeah. or item. But when it comes to PR, how, how do you gauge the success of that? Yeah, sure. Well, what we do is we work very closely with clients as to how they want to measure the success of the campaign. And all clients are different. 
So we actually get clients to fill out an expectations form and there's five key questions on it. And this is one of the questions. How will you measure the success of the campaign? And for some clients, it's about, you know, how many franchisees will I, you know, have like leads coming in from potential franchisees. For others who are trying to get their product on supermarket shelves, it's, you know, will I get taken on by, you know, a supermarket or a pharmacy chain because the press essentially is used to impress the buyer to show that, you know, one, the media writing about this product or service, so it must be awesome, but two, the business owner is not only trying to get it on your shelves but helping to get it off the shelves. And then, so, yeah, it really depends on what the, what the business wants out of it. I mean, another way could be to do a survey of a whole selection of people about what knowledge they have of your brand or if they know it and then do that same survey six months later. So there's different ways of measuring it. But what we emphasise to clients is it's not just about the press that comes out on the day. It's using that press in all your sales channels. So when you're presenting, as I said, to a buyer of a pharmacy chain or a supermarket, taking your whole booklet of clippings and showing them that this is, you know, something of interest. Or on your webpage, you know, on your homepage, making sure you say as seen in here, there and wherever and putting the masthead of the high-profile media outlets because when someone lands on your webpage, that gives it instant credibility. Or, you know, if you send out a monthly newsletter, including article of the month, and if you're sending out a potential proposal including some of the good coverage that's come out at the back of the proposal, just to give it that cred, you know. So if you're getting a lead from a potential franchisee, you know, that media material should definitely be included in part of the collateral that you're sending them as the next step. That's interesting because I think it's easy to overlook those things. So, yeah. I mean, you've established quite a significant size business, I consider these days. There's seven or eight of you there with a business that you founded yeah. you know, a number of years ago. You've obviously been successful and you've done that by staying abreast of the changes because during that 17 or 18 years, we've seen, ah. you know, yeah. <laughs> 2000 and... Yeah. A lot of change. Absolutely. I mean, the, the number of people on email in 2000 was fairly limited. The number of businesses and websites yeah. was minimal. But also, you know, Facebook hadn't arrived, you know, Tinder hadn't arrived, all that sort of thing. So where's it all going? You know, the, this whole social media thing is becoming a big debate and is it too intrusive? Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're cutting, supposedly cutting back on their advertising. So what direction do you see PR going as far as an industry is concerned, Monica? Look, I see, to be honest, I see PR as, as being more and more and more important because there is so much noise out there and mm. there are so many new things, fads and buzzwords, but media is the one thing that remains constant in all of this. And as I said, it's not, we don't consume it the same way, but we do consume it. And media is still a very powerful platform I would argue one of the most powerful platforms to achieve that credibility. It's hard to achieve that credibility through a Facebook platform. I mean, yes, if you're an influencer and you've got many, many millions of followers, that gives you credibility as well. But magnifying your message through powerful medium like media, I believe, will always be relevant. And you know, I used to have this fear, you know, because as you said, I started 18 years ago now. 
And every few years, I'd, I'd think, oh, my gosh, you know, it's all about social. It's all about influences. It's all about blogging. It's all about this. It's all about that. Is media going to die? Like, is media going to not be valued? And what I've found over the years is that, no, that is not the case. People will always value media because we want to consume it. We're just consuming it in a different way. So where quite a lot of people get their news from their Facebook feeds, but they're still getting their news. <laughs> so Facebook's just the, the platform to get the news, but they're still getting it. And I see media relations remaining to be as important as ever. And I think, you know, some digital marketing strategies will stick and will really work and others will just become be a fad and fall by the wayside. So, okay, thank you for that. I, I appreciate that. I think you've, you've mentioned a few things here that we can do with any media exposure, you know, including, including photocopies in, in, in packs we hand out and, and so on and so forth. But maybe you could give us a collection of those if I said, right, okay, I've, I've got some media coverage. Yes. I've just had an article published in a magazine, for example, yes. an yes. advertorial article, which is they've just used me as an identity. You know, so okay. it might be about flying drones or it might be about baking good loaves or whatever it might be. How do you set about using that? It's in a magazine that gets thirty or 50,000 circulation. Okay, okay. So the first thing I would do is put that out through your social channels. So definitely LinkedIn because LinkedIn is there as the sort of professional, you know, networking. So that's great for potential franchisees and possibly customers depending on the business and, and any of your other channels. So Number one, put it out through your social channels. Number two, put it onto your website. So as CNN and then the masthead of the, if it's a good high profile media outlet, I'll put it on your homepage. Otherwise, I'll just have a media buzz sort of tab in your website and list all the clippings, you know, all the articles that have come out there. Thirdly, if it's been a really great article, I would email that to your database. Mm. I thought you might just want to see what the Fin Review wrote about us today email that out to, you and to your entire database. Number four, think about anyone relevant who should have these articles or article pushed in front of them. So who are you trying to sell to? Are you trying to sell to a pharmacy group, a buyer of a supermarket, a network of sporting venues, you know, whatever it is? And for that particular person or people, I would send them a personalised you know, email about that and definitely sort of include it in your collage of media clippings that you show them when you have your annual buyers meetings and things like that. Right. The other so, thing you can do, if you exhibit at any expos, what some of our clients have done, and it's worked really well for them, is they've blown up the article on a whole panel. So you know how at an expo you create your booth? So he was on the front cover of money section of the Herald Sun in Melbourne. So it looked really impressive and it was a photo of him. And so he, he created a whole sort of panel within his booth of that article. And that made a really good talking point and people coming and looking at it. But failing that, the next thing you need to do, you'd be crazy not to, is have a big screen of all the coverage that is just a slideshow that as people wander by your stand, they see, oh, wow, they've been written about here, there and everywhere. And probably last but not least, include it in your system to send to any potential customer, client, franchisee as part of the marketing collateral. 
Yeah, so you build up a little portfolio of those recent ones. Excellent. Great. Some good ideas there. So I suppose we go beyond that. Can I just throw in a bit of a curved ball here? Yes. You know, franchising is, is a fantastic industry. You don't need to ask me about my attitude towards it and my passion for it and, and how yeah. it can be just such an amazing benefit and model for people to grow their businesses and help other people grow their businesses and, and so on and so on. But obviously, from time, it's, it's, got a, it's got a bit of a warped reputation and every now and again, you get a bit of bad media, which unfortunately is very difficult to handle. I'm not suggesting that necessarily many people listening here are going to face that bad media problem yeah. but it, it has been seen with a couple of national groups that have got hundreds and hundreds of franchisees i don't know that they've handled that properly but mm. if you get a bit of flack even if it's local you know which can happen of course with 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 face with social media you yeah. know fake fake news it doesn't take much for so i heard one the yeah, other day exactly. yeah i heard one the other day some ridiculous comment somebody made and it went viral yeah, um, yeah. this poor, poor bloke's pulling his customer or anything. Yeah, yeah. In fact, they had no validity to say what they did. So, when it comes to that sort of thing, what what can you do to try and avoid that negative press? Do you you know? Do well, you just keep quiet, or do you? <laughs> yeah. What what, what it, do you do? It really depends on on a case by case basis. I I think it's very important for all our clients, so anyone who's going to go out, whether it be to media or social media, or whatever to have a crisis management plan. And the idea there is to think of every worst case scenario, no matter how ridiculous it might sound at the time, to really think about what those scenarios might be and what your response would be should they arise. Now, if sometimes it's better to not comment. So let's say you, had, you have a negative comment of an article about you. You know, it's tempting to contact the journalist and correct them or something, but most of the time I would advise just to leave it because you will inflame the story. Yeah. So a story that was there one day and totally forgotten about the next day or even the next hour <laughs> could be inflamed by you and could be turned into a bigger, longer, more drawn-out story. So mm. you've really got to be careful about when to stick your nose in it and get involved and when to just shut up and walk away. <laughs> That's um, a good point. But, you know... If, if there is this story that's just going to keep coming out for a range of reasons because of the amount of people that are coming up and similar to the one we've seen recently, I think you've got to have a very, very solid crisis plan with very clear messaging about how you are going to answer these questions. Because once the story has caught it up into a bushfire, a journalist will be calling you and asking you questions. So you can either sound really prepared and good and credible and saying all the right things, or you could sound very guilty and looking like a stun mullet, <laughs> which will not do you any favours. So if, if, any, if, if everybody listening, if you haven't made any notes, write down crisis management plan. Yeah. And uh, if you're in, in the food industry, maybe it's food poisoning, yeah, that exactly. type of thing, and just yeah. be prepared so that uh, you can hang. Because the trouble is, it gets dropped on you. If you're lucky, you get a call yeah. from the journal or put it on you. If you're not that lucky, it'll appear in the newspaper, won't it? And yeah, that's the first exactly. thing you know about it. Yeah. yeah. But with, you know, we've been working with hundreds of clients over the years and we've had a handful of situations where our clients have landed in hot water. So we're, we're literally pushing out the positive 
proactive stories and that's what the media are writing. And that's the other benefit of, of doing this proactively. Should something happen beyond your control, like one of your franchisees, you know, there's a food poisoning incident, that incident will have been preceded by a whole lot of beautiful, great, positive press. And that will be very beneficial if you are facing a crisis. So that's when you get, that's when you get on the phone and ring Monica. Yes, yes. Feel free to do so. <laughs> um, okay, so for, for, for the people listening, perhaps you could tell me how you might put together a pitch for one of our one of our members, one of our one of our clients that's just franchised their business, for example. Yeah. What would be your your approach to that? Um, well, the first thing I would do is get to know the businesses, you know, well as possible. So I'd want to hear everything about the business, and while that conversation's um, happening, I am thinking of angles. So while, while I'm learning about the business, I'm thinking, oh, that's a perfect story for this segment of media. Oh, that's perfect for this segment of media. Oh, great, we can use that. So that's what my brain is doing and that's what my team is trained to do. And then we go away and put together what we call a, a strategy and a timeline where we really plot out the different angles and activities that we'll work on through, you know, in each month. And, you know, we're also tying in stories to what's going on in the world so if there's, a, there's an awareness week for just about everything nowadays. So if our clients sort of tie into that, that you know, so not only do we look at what's going on with our clients' business, but we try and link it to, okay, how can we make this newsworthy? How can we make this relevant to the media? What can we link it to, et cetera, et cetera. And then we put together that plan. And once we've got that plan, we run it by our client and really welcome their feedback and input. And then when everyone's happy, we just get on with it. But that plan isn't set in stone because opportunities will arise where we can be reactive to issues that are coming out in the media that we can put our clients forward as an expert to comment on. And, you know, our clients being entrepreneurial, opportunities pop up all the time. So that plan can be quite fluid, but it's very important to have that plan up front. Right. I'm with you. Okay, so... Okay, I'm, I've decided I'm, I'd like to engage you to do a bit of PR for us. What should we look at as sort of time frame for a campaign? What's, what's realistic? So, look, to be honest, the best campaigns sort of are long-term because that's how you build your trust and credibility through the media. However, an initial six-month campaign is a good start and a good way for you to see sort of how it works, what, what the traction is, what you're getting out of it, that kind of thing. So, yeah, initial six months, but I'd say, you know, if the budget is there, I'd be looking at an initial 12 months and going on from there. Right, okay. Monica, we've covered a lot of ground. I, I, we could talk for ages. Sometimes it happens, doesn't it? I, I find I'm talking to people and you say, wow, this is really going beautifully. We could, we could probably talk for an hour and have a break for coffee and then carry on, but, but we don't have, we don't have that, that privilege. So what I'd like to do is just before we wrap up, are there any particular points you'd like to make that we haven't made yet that you think is per, would be pertinent for our audience? Uh, I would just like to say that Getting some great positive media exposure is a great way to separate yourself from all your competitors and really make a mark on your business. And I don't know how many people out there have sort of read an article that their competitor has been involved, you know, has been interviewed for and thought, oh, why are they always getting the coverage? My business, my service offering is so much better than theirs. 
Well, what's the reason? Because they're going out there to the journal and you're not. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to stand out from your competitors, if you want to reach those potential franchisees, if you want to help those franchisees create a really successful business, then PR, media relations, mixing that with your other digital marketing strategy and whatever else you're doing is a really good idea. So it needs to be part of your marketing plan, really part of your marketing strategy. Yeah, it's and just simple. For some franchises, it's a huge part, you know, and for others, so it depends on how the people break up their budgets. For others, it's a smaller piece of the pie, you know, so depending on your budget and how thinly you can spread that to the different groups. And and because organised properly uh, from a franchisor's point of view, the majority, if not all, of the PR budget can basically be drawn from the marketing fund, which is paid by the franchisees. Yeah, so exactly. they need to look at it with a broader understanding yeah. rather than feel their own entrepreneur's sensitive tight pockets, which uh, yeah. people tend to do. And, and okay. frank, you know, franchisees are always asking, what are you doing with my marketing fee? Well, mm. this is a really good answer. <laughs> yeah. And then when um, I meet with them at the conferences and things, that just elevates it all and makes them feel really good about spending that money because they know what they're getting well look it's been delightful speaking today with 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 monica rosenfeld from uh, wordstorm pr we're indebted to you monica for giving us so much of your time um, I'm, I'm sure everyone will join in saying it's been a privilege having you here great to have the opportunity to get to know you and to listening to your words of wisdom they really are fantastic so if you'd like to learn more about pr monica is the person to contact now monica you did offer I think that if anyone wanted to have a chat with you, yeah. you're happy to provide a complimentary call. Could you perhaps sure. just elaborate on that briefly and yeah. we'll, we'll perhaps include how people sure. can contact you sure. to do that? Well, if anyone sort of is thinking, yes, I'd like to sort of explore how this could work for me, I'm very happy to talk to you and really learn about your business and give you a really honest appraisal of how it could work or, you know, if, it, if it's something you should, a route you should go down. So if anyone would like to get in touch with me, just feel free to shoot me an email, monica, M-O-N-I-C-A, at wordstormpr.com.au, or feel free to give me a call. My direct line is 02-8272-3200. I love talking to business owners, and I uh, look forward to hearing from you. Excellent. Well, I'll include those contact details um, with, with the information that goes out with this. So... Just to say, wrapping up again, Monica, thank you very much indeed. And everyone that's listened, I think it's probably going to be worth listening to this again because I'm sure there's some information there that uh, second time listening, you'll say, I didn't, I didn't hear that last time. So <laughs> with that, I'm just saying, looking forward to, to catching up with you with our next Franchise Radio Show. And we're signing off for now. Speak to you soon and every success. <laughs>